Good morning, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and I'm with the Story Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Hunter Wood, passionate about worship and helping people draw closer to God through it. Hunter loves serving the church by serving as a worship leader and director at Victory Church, PA. Hunter currently serves as as the worship director for the Ephrata campus and a student worship director at the main Greenfield campus. Originally from Connecticut, Hunter and his fiancée, Allie, met at Lancaster Bible College. There, he was a part of the LBC traveling worship team, Embassy, that is M-B-S-S-Y. Psalm 95-1, which calls us to worship the Lord by making a joyful noise to Him, is what Hunter's passion in ministry is all about. He also recommends that everyone read the book, Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin, which brings a fresh perspective on what praising God should be. Hunter's favorite things include the Boston Red Sox, boo, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> making, <laughs> making music in the studio, and hanging out with friends at the golf course. Hunter, how are you doing today? Well, tell me how you really feel about the Red Sox. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't really care about sports, well, I just like making fun. Um, so, what really inspired you to do music? What started? Was it a, a song? Was it a worship song? Was it your parents? Was it church? What was it? Okay, so, uh, I guess a little embarrassing story. Um, to start it off, just, just break stories. break the ice a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I found out that I could sing um, by singing in the shower, and my parents were like, "Hey, you should actually like do something with it." I was like, "No, no, that'd be crazy." So, um, <laughs> let me get this straight: you were singing in the shower, and your parents bust in the door like, "Hey!" <laughs> no, they would just give me a hard time every time I got out of the shower, saying, mm. um, "You should totally use your voice somewhere that's not the shower." Um, I've, I've noticed that being roommates. You always do sing in the shower, and you have a wonderful voice, must say. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, um, that kind of just piqued my interest a little bit. Um, and then I uh, it actually happened where we noticed that there were a shortage of guitar players at uh, my home church. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church. Um, we had a whole blend of uh, different music, and we can talk a little bit more about that after. Mm-hmm. Um, but the contemporary worship team there was uh, lacking in guitar players. And I thought, hey, that'd be kind of a cool opportunity. I'm just going to go out and buy myself a guitar. And I told my parents that at lunch. At what age? Uh, 14? 14, I was about to say. I, I think. A nine-year-old going out. I'm going to go buy myself a guitar. You're in for a no, rude no, awakening. No. I think I was just <laughs> starting high school with that. But um, So I told my family that at lunch after church one day. And they're like, yeah, right. Because <laughs> I played trumpet all throughout um, grade school and going into middle school. And did I practice at home as much as I should have? Probably not. <laughs> no. Um, I'm sure the parents weren't, wouldn't be so, thrilled if you did. Well, no. They they kept saying, hey, Hunter, you got to practice. Hey, Hunter, you got to oh, practice. Really? Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, that I loved playing trumpet like in the moment, but it wasn't like something that I would go and just like mm. play at home for hours. I just. Like You'd run out of breath pretty quickly. And your lips would fall off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. We had some band conferences that were like eight, nine hours of straight playing trumpet. Oh, no. And yeah, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. Um, so, yeah, so I told them at that lunch after church. I vaguely remember, um, I just remember exactly where it was. I was sitting, we were sitting actually at a golf course restaurant. Um, it was called Par 4 in Connecticut. Uh, shout out to them. Um, really good food. <laughs> but I told them that, and they were very skeptical. My mom was like, you're never going to play that thing. You're going to try for two days, and then it's going to just sit in the closet and collect dust. I was like, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we went out later that week, and I bought just a $100 guitar from Guitar Center just to start playing on. Um, very quickly realized how much it hurts your fingers when oh, you start absolutely. learning guitar. It hurts. Like It takes a while to build up calluses. Um, there, like. I and I I was so like hardcore at it. Like there were there were points where it actually hurt, um, and it, I was starting to like get blisters, and my my skin was getting cut up because I was playing so much. But I was like, I'm gonna push through. I'm gonna but push that's through. That's the point, isn't it? You need to push through. It, yeah. it, it's gonna hurt when you first start playing guitar, but it's totally worth it. It's fun. Um, but within I, I'd say five or six weeks, I was starting at uh, our youth group worship team, just casually playing a couple songs and a couple keys um, for all the guitarists out there. You know, the the key of G and the key of C, very easy keys Mm -hmm. to play in. 
and you can capo anywhere and be set. So I started there. Um, I was all YouTube taught. Mm-hmm. So if you had looked back at my search history for that past like four or five week period, it was straight guitar videos for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, and then I just kept kind of developing in it and uh, started playing with the adult worship team at my home church um, and just really loved being able to serve in that capacity. Mm. And that kind of just started and planted kind of where I am musically today. So uh, what what made you decide to come to LBC at that point? So my parents had showed me the school, uh, and a cool fact was that the music director from my home church, she came to LBC many years ago um, and got her degree here. So I was very excited. I was like, cool, because I had never planned to go to college. I was actually in a trade high school learning the electrical trade. Mm, um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so it's completely... It was a complete shift, uh, but I was never super satisfied in that role um, mm. going into electrical. Uh, I just felt like there was something that I was supposed to be doing that uh, it wasn't electrical. Um, I loved doing it, but I also realized you would destroy your body by the time you're like 30. <laughs> really? How so? Electrical is hard work. It's a lot of... Uh, just physical labor, mm. climbing up in rafters. Oh, yeah. and I guess, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Getting shocked here and there. Right, yeah, it's right. Fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed the experience, loved being able to do that. I've got some skills that I can take with me. Uh, it's very helpful knowing how oh, electricity flows. So. You know, it's <laughs> whenever I have a problem at, at the apartment with regard to electricity, which is a lot, surprisingly. <laughs> um, oh, Hunter's always there to fix it. I'm like, Hunter, just... My speaker stopped working. I'm like, Hunter, please. I don't know what to do. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out, I'm roommates with Corey yes. right now. Um, um, He is a wonderful roommate, and I am blessed to have him on the show. So um, you came to LBC. What was it like when you first got here? Uh, so the second I pulled into the campus and walked, I remember uh, perfectly walking into the Good Shepherd Chapel, um, grabbing all of my kind of information for the for the tour and just instantly feeling a calling, falling in love with the school. Um, Mm. LBC is such an incredible place uh, for you to come, whether you know what you're doing with your uh, career and you, you have a desired path or you're still not sure yet because LBC helps you uh, so incredibly uh, well uh, figure out kind of what God's purpose is for you and for your life. So I instantly fell in love with it. um, Had met, uh, a bunch of professors, a bunch of uh, campus staff. Um, I remember meeting Ryan Shank that day. Uh, he's the director of uh, the worship arts program here. Um, shout out to Ryan. You were awesome. <laughs> um, and just he was instantly welcoming. Uh, I got to see some performances live from the music program here, or the music department. And just as I was touring the school more and more, I was like, this is definitely, I think something that God's calling me to. And what was really cool was after the tour that night, there was a senior worship arts project. Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Mariah Keener actually. And I instantly was like, yeah, uh, let's go. My parents said, Hey, let's go. I was like, cool. We'll, we'll go, we'll go check it out. And it was the coolest worship experience. I was like, this is totally, yeah. totally where I want to be. They put on some really cool projects around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is it is awesome. Yeah, so um, uh, freshman year, what was the biggest challenge for you coming from all the way from Connecticut to coming to Lancaster Bible College and having to like live on campus? What was the biggest change for you? Um, probably just being so far away from everything that you've known, um, from where you'd come from, because I was six hours away from family at that time. At that time, I didn't have a car here. Mm. Uh, it was just trying to navigate this whole different change of pace. It was a whole different life out here. Um, yeah, I'm sure. 
it was all of a sudden you're seeing horse and buggies on the road and you're like where am i not gonna lie i thought that was cool now it doesn't phase me because i see him all the time like <laughs> I, I think i saw it like six or seven on the way here this morning scared the but, life out of me uh one time one time i was coming up here at night and all all of a sudden i just see this horse-drawn chariot with like glaring blinding lights <laughs> coming at me i'm like what i'm like oh i'm officially in amish country now yeah once you once you move out here you get used to it pretty quickly yeah so um what was your first experience with worship here? Besides the Mariah Keener uh, or the, the worship project, what was your first, like, trying to get in as a worship leader here at WC? Um, so I had a audition for worship teams. Um, unfortunately, there weren't any spots that year for worship teams. Um, everyone plays acoustic guitar. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like, when, you had, when you said you had a shortage in Connecticut, I'm like, usually there's an over an abundance of acoustic guitar players right everywhere so my first year on campus uh, i didn't necessarily play that much on uh, lbc chapel teams but i was able to help uh, run student worship nights across campus and i also got involved with a church uh, effort of bible fellowship church which is the church that i completed all my internships at um, and grew a, a church family with for three years um, here and it was really cool because they uh, I was able to just apply everything I was learning from my classes uh, already into a church context, um, and we shared the I shared the responsibility with two other uh, worship leaders. But it was a it was cool to be able to step into that leadership capacity so early on. Um, were you ever a leader at your old church, or were you just part of the worship? I was just part of the worship team at the at my home church. What? I I led for the youth group. Mm. Um, what were some of the unique different challenges between leading like a youth group and then leading like an actual like legit worship team? Well, I don't want to say like legit as yeah. they're saying different, but you know, <laughs> they, but you know, like adults. Yeah. Um, you know, it, a lot of it has to probably come down with to energy and uh, just how you, uh, I guess, interact with uh, your your congregation. Basically, are you saying that? The adults don't have the energy? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, just one thing that I know is certain youth groups, if you don't have a certain energy mm. aspect to it... It's not going to go nowhere. You lose them. <laughs> right, that's just fair. Um, as to uh, on an adult basis or on a congregation basis um, for a church, it's you can uh, slow things down a little bit, get a little more reflective a little sooner... You can uh, throw hymns out, and they're gonna know. Right, you they're know, gonna know the hymns. They're gonna know the hymns. Uh, a lot of youth groups. What's a hymn book? <laughs> what's, a, what's a hymn? Um, and I grew up with hymns, so I I do have a I still have a heart for those hymns. Um, I it, think there's an incredible knowledge of hymns here that uh, I've never experienced anywhere else. Yeah, but I go up to any student here, and whether mostly music, but even if they're not music, they're like, "Oh, I know that hymn." And I'm like. What? <laughs> um, so, what? What's after that? What was after your internship at uh, Ephrata? What would you say? Ephrata Bible Fellowship. Ephrata Bible Fellowship. So, you want me to keep going through the LBC? Keep going through the LBC. Um, so, sophomore year, I became a chapel team worship leader. So, I didn't even like just serve on a team just as a musician. I just went right into the leadership, which was really cool. Um, what's it like to lead a LBC worship team? What? Go me through the process. LBC worship team was. A really cool experience. Um, so uh, our advisor had paired us up with another co-leader. Um, I still think it's going like that to this day. It was at least last year while I was here. Um, and so you and the other leader would be responsible for uh, preparing the set list for the week, um, choosing your songs, choosing scripture, and just basically crafting the entire worship set. And then you'd also be responsible for communication to your team, um, using planning center, um, sending out reminders to everyone, uh, organizing all the rehearsals. And uh, another big aspect was uh, talking with your tech director and prepping with them for the for the week. I almost said weekend. I'm so used to the church context right. now. Um, but yeah, we had chapels every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and every worship team would take one week out of the month. Um, it was basically a four-week rotation. And uh, so we'd have time to uh, really? practice our songs. And yeah, because on chapel week, it is pretty intense because you get there pretty early in the morning mm -hmm. and then you go on with your day after that. So you, you go through all your classes immediately after. 
So we get to the chapel sometimes as early as seven in the morning. Yeah. It, and if you have a night class, that doesn't end till 10 p.m. Right. It, so there, those are long weeks. Yeah. One of the um, uh, more interesting aspects, I had a question and I'm forgetting it. I'm trying to remember. Uh, was that uh, it was always in the mornings or, or people would have to always take off class because of uh, I have worship tomorrow or I have worship practice now. Um, I can't remember the question I was going to ask you. But um, so what was one of the challenges? Because you had to, oh, here was a question. Did you ever have to craft your worship set to the chapel uh, lesson? Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes we got a notice of what the speaker was talking about. Sometimes we didn't. When we did, personally, I like to try to do that. Right. It just kind of creates, it flows. It, it, it flows so well when you kind of know your subject ahead of time. And that's kind of what I'm finding out in uh, the church world, which I'll talk about a little later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always, I prefer, uh, and I mean, God will be glorified through it no matter if you have right. the the uh, the sermon before or after. It just makes our um, humans just, more happy. <laughs> yeah. It, someone like me who likes to plan things um, and have like a set, Order like you know how I like. Oh yeah, Hunter must have everything organized, or it, he goes loopy. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's yeah. Either way, I just prefer to have mm-hmm. um, that ahead of time. But so yeah, it was it was kind of like a fifty-fifty. What uh, what are some of the challenges of choosing songs? Because uh, there's been a lot of controversy. Over uh, what worship songs to sing and what worship songs not to sing, like Reckless Love or New Wine. There's Hillsong Worship. Do we sing those? Do we sing Elevation? Or, you know, what songs do we sing that from, like, if it's from a heretical church or stuff like right. that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's a huge, uh, I guess, tension point for worship leaders even today. Um, some things are still going down with some of the more popular music groups that we know and, um, and we love, uh, personally, I usually go from a song by song basis is the song, um, designed in a way is the theology sound. Is it, uh, is it going to, if it's going to distract and if it's going to cause tons of tensions and confusions, I'm more opt to leave it out. Mm. Um, cause that's not what worship should be focused on. Worship should be focused on glorifying our King, not, Hey, I don't like this line. I think this is, uh, this is going to cause controversy and controversy is never ideal, especially in a worship setting. No. Um, so, uh, I work for a church right now, which we go through uh, a song sifting process. Um, so we meet over when we pray over a bunch of different songs. Um, and that's how we, pick kind of the repertoire for all of our campuses and again we'll talk about that when we get to the church uh, segment but um yes there's a lot of thought and a lot of prayer and a lot of uh just checking over theology at at least at my old church uh if we had questions about a song we would bring it to some of the elders and have them Mm kind of uh, look into the song a little more look into the the meaning of the song the the lyrics um the theology of it and uh, I think that's important to kind of bounce that off of your pastor. So what I uh, I I know over the years that worship teams have gotten a lot of feedback from like first pers- like students. What is some of the most more interesting feedbacks that you have gotten? Oh man, <laughs> I've had a couple interesting ones. Um, y- usually they're they're usually pretty uh, helpful. Once in a while, you'll just get someone say, to say something that is like, wow, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, I think someone came up to me one time and said, I don't think your voice fit that song. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it threw me off a little bit. Um, I was like, we're building each other up this morning. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, know, I guess that's the no, nothing like critiquing like the lights and the fog because I know there's some very heavy conservative right. uh, like theologians around here. Um, I don't. I haven't heard a whole ton. Um, at least in the LBC context, I haven't heard a whole ton. Mm. I, I really haven't. I don't know. There were some examples in some of the other churches that I had served in. 
um, where I heard a couple side comments. Nothing that I had approached um, right myself. It's it's super interesting. There's because there's a line of thinking within um, more the more conservative, stricter uh, uh, like denominations that you can only sing uh, songs that are in the Psalms, and that's the only worship music you're allowed. Yeah, no. God created us to be creative, <laughs> and we can uh, use our our gifts of songwriting, I believe, to um, help lead us people to worship and help glorify um, Christ. And I think the the ability of the creativeness that he gave us is something that we shouldn't uh, just kind of put in a box and set aside and just stick to one thing. We should bring our creativeness out and use it um, in a way that glorifies him. Fair enough. So um, what is it like to, so junior year, it, uh, what, what changes um, do you uh, start going to this new church that we've been teasing a little bit or not? Yeah. Not until the second half of junior year is when I start. Um, so the first half of junior year kind of starts um, the same way. So my second half of sophomore year kind of got interrupted by COVID. Oh yeah, um, that's we right. We did a couple uh, uh, virtual chapel services. So it was just me playing my acoustic guitar in front of the fireplace at home. Um, and we all got used to uh, communicating Via screens. I never went and to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> out myself. I never went to those. On today's confession segment. <laughs> right. Well, I just never did. I didn't know. I Probably because I didn't know they existed. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't the, best at, wasn't the best at communicating at that time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's what, um, that that's kind of how sophomore year ended. We were kind of separated. I ended up going back home to Connecticut for some time. Um, to help my home church's live stream get set up, and I would br- I would lead a song or two every week, um, mm. just for a, a worship experience there. Um, and then I came back in July of 2020 when our church uh, reopened, um, and I stayed at a really dear friend's house, um, uh, two friends of ours from our church, that allowed us. They opened the, uh, their home for me to stay, and uh, while campus housing was still closed. Um, so that I could complete uh, internships and I could also uh, help get the church kind of back up and going after COVID. Um, and then classes started in person again uh, in the fall. Um, and what, is, what is an internship like for a worship arts student here? Um, so there, there's a lot of flexibility with it. Um, mine was a pretty classic internship going in and um, working along with various pastors and uh, other worship leaders in a church context and helping plan Sunday mornings, helping run rehearsals, um, just basically a worship leader role, just a, just under um, supervision mm. and under uh, the support of not only church staff, but also uh, LBC professors being able to speak into it. Um, so I thought it was, it was, it was very helpful to, and it helped shape me and get me where I am today. That's good. Um, so yeah, in, so that kind of was the first half of junior year. It kind of had to dodge COVID a couple of times, got quarantined a few times, so missed a couple Sunday mornings. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were a lot of quarantines that it semester. Was it was many, very bad. Many quarantines, yes. <laughs> Everyone was like getting locked up. Um, but once we got to spring, um, it got better, uh, and I continued on. And so now we're in spring of junior year, and I was starting to wonder, you know, what are things going to look like as I start to look towards concluding my time here at LBC because I've got just over a year left. Um, and it took me a little while to just get to that point where I was like, okay, whatever happens, um, God will work through it. Um, whether I stay here in Lancaster, if I go back uh, to Connecticut for a certain amount of time um, until I find a worship leading position. Um, so we just kind of, I, I kind of just was comfortable with that. And then I got an email from, uh, our advisor, uh, Ryan, again, um, he had put it on our Canvas page that Victory Church was hiring a worship director for a newly launched Ephrata location. Um, and that kind of piqued my interest. It was a part-time position that I could, you know, add on to finishing up school. So went through the interview process, um, just absolutely fell in love with Victory and its mission. Um, it's part of the ARC churches. Uh, so it the theology lined up with what I believed. Um, so went ahead and applied, went through a rigorous uh, process for interviews, and 
um, ultimately got hired in the summer of 2021, um, and I started in August of 2021 as the worship director for the Ephrata campus of Victory Church. Yeah, so Victory Church is a very interesting church. Yes. Uh, having been there a few times, I only I only went to the main campus, so that's right. So I didn't really see the, all the interesting other aspects of the church. Um, so what is it like to work at a multi-campus church in the in the fashion in the fa- facet that it does that it works in? Go ahead and explain what yeah. what they do. So I love the mission of Victory Church because we are one church that's located in many communities across Lancaster County. So our main campus is in. Uh, the Greenfield Business uh, Park in uh, Lancaster. Uh, but there's four other campuses. There's one in Ephrata, Lidditz, Columbia, and Quarryville. Um, those are our other campuses. And, yeah, so working in a multi-site is definitely, there's a little more, uh, I guess, extra structure. Um, you have to, There's a lot of pre-planning <laughs> lot of that needs to go in yeah. um, because we still have one pastor preaching. Um, and it's usually our lead pastor, Pastor Kurt. He's awesome. Shout out to Pastor Kurt. Um, but we have to stream that to all the other campuses. So every campus has a live worship experience, and they have a campus pastor um, that helps facilitate the worship experience. But then we jump into a live stream at all the uh, the other locations besides the main campus. That's, that's a live. Um, but uh, so I guess up front, we have three worship songs at each campus about usually give about 12 to 15 minutes of um, worship at the front end of our services. Is each one of those different or is that all planned together? No. So we each plan our own worship sets. So each campus has a worship director that is responsible for planning their own worship sets. And we have a list of songs that we use for those worship sets. Mm. Um, That's what I talked about with the song sifting process. We, um, we meet and pray over the songs that we uh, choose for the given period, and then we—it's a pretty big list. Um, I, I'd imagine. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're those are the songs that we use, but we can use whatever, wherever we feel fit. Um, cool. So the thing that's different with the main campus is they have to be five-ish minutes behind us, in order for, or ahead of us, in order yeah, for right. the stream to not be glitchy lined up. Yeah. So they do two uh, worship songs at the main campus and then all the other campuses do about three, um, sometimes three and a half uh, just to make up for the time. Sometimes we'll do a half song or we'll mash a song together. Right. Um, And, and then we'll do a worship transition, which will either be done by the campus worship director. I've done a lot of worship transitions and uh, also our uh, campus pastors will help facilitate those transitions. And then we will hop into the stream um, and so far, all <laughs> every week that I've been there, it's worked great. <laughs> yeah. We always make the joke that we're like, okay, our, our campus pastor has to be ready because if the stream doesn't work, <laughs> he's given the message. Right. Yeah. This it's having uh been a director of media for uh, a church up in Reading, there are so many issues that can just go wrong. Right. During a lot, and so whenever. I didn't know that's what they did. So whenever I learned that, I was like, how in the world are they facilitating a live stream? How many campuses? They have like five different campuses? Victory is five. Yeah. Five, yeah. And so they got to uh, facilitate five different, um, that's a lot of wire work. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much that can go wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, it's 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 so impressive to me that they, were, they are able to do that. And um, so I assume... But this is a shout out to our amazing tech team at all of our locations. Oh, absolutely! Because our tech team is like always on top of everything. And oh, I don't doubt it. You kind of have. We to wouldn't be. be able to do anything without our tech teams. So yeah. we we love our tech teams. So um, I guess you haven't really experienced an event where it has gone wrong. No, we've had a couple of rough transitions. Like we've had uh, an issue where the stream didn't start right, and we've had a couple minutes of dead space and either our campus pastor and myself have to get on stage and kind of just buy a little bit of time. Um, but we've never had anything, uh, I guess, catastrophic where you don't have the message being able to be streamed. And worst case scenario, we do have a backup recording. So every Wednesday we record a backup recording of the message 
um, that we can play in case the stream doesn't work. That's so that's so we have we have some backup, and that's really cool because on a Sunday morning, a lot of the staff members we're kind of running around crazy, um, so it doesn't feel like we necessarily get to just sit and take it all in on a Sunday morning because our minds are so many different other places. Mm-hmm. But that gives us the opportunity on Wednesday to come together as a staff and just sit and um oh so you, basically you watch we, go to, it. we go to church together on yeah. wednesdays um which is really awesome we all get some we get chick-fil-a and then oh, that's nice we all eat lunch together we, we cram into our conference room all of the staff and we have a blast together and then we go into our auditorium and then we sit and we watch church so is it literally like you're sitting in a movie theater uh like at your campus and just like kind of watching the pastor yeah so it, it so it took me, so everyone, I was used to live preaching every Sunday. Um, and it didn't oh, take yeah, me, me that too. long to get used to. to it, it didn't take you that long. I feel like it would, it would take, it would just be like, I feel like I would be annoyed. Um, <laughs> if I watched that, um, granted I was at the, like the, the actual location where it, it was live. And he, uh, if he's the guy that I remember, um, the bigger guy with, with bald. Yeah, PC. Yep. Yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's a yeah, taller yeah. guy. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, he rides a bike. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's so cool. Uh, he's very entertaining to watch live, or like, like actually see. So I don't, I don't know what the transition between like watching, because I'm sure they have to put up slides, right, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if I would be able to. I've, you know, I'm very ADHD brain. I can't, I can't <laughs> stay still. So, and he was very interactive with the audience. Um. So, so I don't know. I don't know how I, how I would take that. I'm sure there's a. Uh, I'm sure there there's a time and a place and a and a, and a person that lo- loves that. Have you ever had issues where people just like, I don't like this, and then they just go to the main campus or they just leave the church altogether? Um, we've had a couple of people um that I've actually known who have come out and said they 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 had a little bit of a hard time adjusting to the the video message, um, and actually. A couple of them go to our campus now, um, oh. so they clearly got used to it. Right. Um, I I think just down at the campus level. Um, when I say campus level, I mean anything but the main campus. I think that Victory Church does such a great job of uh, providing for the spiritual needs of um, its congregation because we always have a campus pastor there on a Sunday morning to help facilitate mm-hmm. that. Um, so there is still that care that you get, and that there's still that attention that you get. Um, from a pastor who is physically there. And sometimes our campus pastors, they'll go out and preach too uh, at the main campus. And then we'll have another uh, fill-in campus pastor um, for the weeks that our pastor is out. Um, But there is always care for the congregation. There's always attention uh, from a pastor. There's always some pastoral leader at our campus Mm -hmm. every week. So that really does help. Um, and as someone, um, after we get out of the message, he kind of takes the tail end of it and helps uh, formulate a response time. Um, so there is that kind of th- that physical speaking aspect as well um, outside of the message. So it's it, I, I've been really impressed with how uh, our church handles that. So we've been talking a lot about you being a worship leader. What does that mean? What is that job? Cool. So. Um, I am the worship leader or worship director at the Ephrata campus, as I had said. And I also am a worship director for uh, the main campus's youth group. Uh, we call it a VSM, Victory Student Ministry. Um, and I'm able to help kind of coach and train uh, worship leaders in the youth group and uh, help them lead on a Sunday night and help them craft their skills. That's kind of just a a newer part of my job that I've added on. So I've got kind of two main roles there. And I also help out with IT a little bit too at the church. Um, that's, that's a little, that's a little side, little side thing. Um, I th- but I think, let me, let me rephrase the question of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. From the congregational perspective. Oh yeah. No, I was is, getting there. I was oh, getting okay, there. I was to say. <laughs> I want to give a little bit of backstory right, before gotcha. I got there. Yes. Um, so for my role, uh, we'll just start at the effort of campus level. Um, my biggest role is building team, I'd say. Um, mm. Besides, obviously, the, the obvious of planning services out, um, sending planning center requests, um, scheduling everybody, picking songs. Um, a lot of it is building team and um, encouraging the team to take their next steps. Um, when I had first gotten there, 
uh, the worship team at the Ephrata campus wasn't super built up yet. It was a newer campus. Um, they hadn't had a worship director for a little while. Um, there was just kind of people coming in to fill in. And just They were kind of almost in survival mode for a little bit. Um, yeah, was... So n- when I got there, I was able to start building that team out because it, it takes only about 10% of my job is music. Well, right, yes, of course. Most of it is team building and um, encouraging. Watching and audition videos. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, audition videos. Um, but, yeah, so building up our team members, um, helping them develop and uh, helping them uh, take their next steps by maybe they haven't led a song before and they're interested in being able to lead mm. the music, um, empowering them to do that. Um, it's so cool because... Uh, a lot of people have come up to me and said that uh, the only they've only ever seen worship leaders that want to lead the entire set themselves, and that's I don't believe that's what a worship leader is called to do. The worship mm-hmm. leader is called to empower others and help others um, take on that to responsibility lead the as well. Of others. Yeah, yeah, um, to help facilitate a worship experience and help uh, grow others up in that. Um, so that's that's one of the, my favorite parts of my job is just seeing people take next steps. Um, one of our volunteers, uh, he was just starting on keys, and he had been serving and kind of singing backup vocals when I first got there, and now he's leading sets by himself sometimes. Hmm. Um, so just to see the way that, uh, see his skill set come out, um, he, he's using his God-given uh, abilities, and it's so cool as the worship leader to be able to see that and to be able to watch that grow. Uh, that's one of the biggest wins, I think, for a worship leader is seeing his team uh, just grow and develop and uh, just kind of break down those walls that they thought that they could never uh, get past. So on the congregational side, though, yes. for uh, what, is it, what does it mean to lead a congregation in worship? What, what is the goal to... Because uh, that's a conversation we talk about a lot at LBC. Is right. Like, what is the uh, purpose of the leader of worship. Right. Oh, now I got your question. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cool. Um, I think, here, rephrase it one more time. My brain just exploded inside. In regards to the congregation, we see, we're watching you, and what is your job to get us to get involved in worship? Are, Are you a concert singer? Are you... Are you just a facilitator of the worship? What What is that job for you? What, is, what are you trying to convey to the congregation in, in order to get them to tune in to the worship? Right. Um, I think our biggest role is just creating space for God to move, creating space for um, for hearts to be tuned in to the spirit of uh, Christ when uh, in a worship experience. Um, it's definitely not a concert. Um, it is not... Um, it's not a one way uh, we're leading the worship and you're watching us lead the worship. It is a, um, a way for you to get involved and for you to uh, just spend time um, glorifying Christ. Um, and I think a lot of the, the big stereotypes is that worship is a concert and it's not. Um, yes, we, uh, we, we push for excellence. We want, um, to create an experience that's distraction free, we don't want we don't want the focus to be on us. Mm-hmm. And if it's if we make a if if our music is isn't the best or if it isn't very good sounding, it's going to be more distracting than right. helpful. Um, so it's it's taking that excellence and using it to help focus others' hearts on Christ. Um, it's interesting. The most in, uh, impactful worship settings that I've ever been to made me introspective rather than like they've made me cry yeah <laughs> and those are like probably the worst not the worst the best uh ex- worship experience that i've ever i've ever had um where it's the focus is not at all on the worship leader or it's like some of the projects that i've been to where it's just it's clearly about god like this this person has clearly thought out the 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 theme and the arc of the of the show and they have nailed it so perfectly <laughs> That like Noah Reber's was was probably one of the most emotional, at least for me. Uh, Matt Cross's and uh, Camille's was 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 another one, right? Um, that uh, really just 
hit me hard. Uh, I remember standing standing up to worship and uh, no Reavers, and then like a second later, I'm like down crying and like, what is life? Right. <clears throat> and uh, so it's it's really interesting because you know we don't we don't oftentimes sometimes it can be viewed as a concert. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, especially at the bigger churches where they can get almost emotionally manipulated right. with like the settings and like the the lights and the fog and and uh that kind of thing where it's it's more focused on that person's talent than it is on god right and that's not the goal at all no it's not um one of the big things that i always uh point out um to our teams before we go on stage is that we believe at our church and um, we believe that the Holy Spirit is still moving and active today. He's very active um, in the hearts of his people. Um, and we just create that space for the Holy Spirit to move um, and for uh, just kind of a place of surrender. Um, it's so easy for us to uh, just take, go live week by week and just kind of uh, have our feelings balloon up, uh, not to bring... Um, not to bring any of the things to God, um, to just try to handle it all ourselves. And this is just, it's also another way for us to refocus, to remember that sacrifice that God made for us, um, that, that Christ made for us on that, on that cross. Um, we emphasize that every week in our worship. That, I, that is the heart behind, um, Christianity. That's the heart behind, um, uh, that it just shows God's love, God's grace, and, uh, God deserves glory. God deserves praise for it. And um, that's really what our worship experience is about, is thanking God, um, just giving ourselves in surrender to him and uh, lifting his name up on high Mm. for all to hear. So um, with that being said, we're kind of rounding out our time on on the radio. Uh, So you also write songs. Yes. And you have... Who told you that? uh, uh, Well... Well, just having lived with you, I, I, there are some songs I've never heard on the radio before, and I, I wonder, I wonder who they're written by, and I, and, huh. and I, I call me a conspiracy theorist. But <laughs> 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 I think they're written by you. Sometimes, even at night, the ghostly reminders. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. Um, uh, so you have written songs. Uh, yep. What is the songwriting process for you? Um. So uh, I don't know if I necessarily have a a set in stone process. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Um, uh, you actually have one of my songs that I released last year up ready to queue up. Um, the one foundation. Um, you want me to just give a backstory to kind of how this was written? Of course. Um, so during the COVID nineteen lockdown, I don't think any of us had a great time with it. I think a lot of us had a hard time processing just what was happening. Um, and I started noticing um, that there was just so much anger and frustration um, and so much division, um, that especially when it came to, I guess, our government and our mandates. Um, it, it was just such a division for our country, a division um, for our world. And um, I noticed that we get too comfortable in the things that we know and the things that are normal to us that when something goes wrong, something changes, we get uncomfortable pretty instantly. Um, And it can, it can wreck us. It can tear us down. And that's what the song speaks to is this is just a refocusing. Um, It's built on the parable of the wise and foolish builders Mm. um, that we need to build our foundation and our trust in Christ, not, in the things of the world, um, the things of the world are like sand. You build your house on it, it's going to wash away. Um, but Christ is our solid rock. And when we trust in him, and no matter what the world looks like, um, all the sand can be washed away. That rock is still going to be sitting there. Mm. Um, we can. That, that is our calling for our life. We are supposed to um, live uh, with our house built upon the rock, with our lives built upon Christ. And... I believe when uh, when we effectively do that, we can also share that love of Christ with others um, and what it means to build our house on the rock with others because um, 
they'll see that we're still we're still afloat. We're still we're we're in a place where we can still function. Um, it was really bad because during the COVID pandemic, there were so many people that just couldn't even function. Oh yes, like it was quite literally. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was difficult to be in the house twenty four seven every day, not wanting to go out because you don't want to catch the virus. Um, and you know there there were legit fears, and um, I, we're gonna have anxieties we're going to have fears i'm not saying that it's all going to go away but it's so critical for us when we're in our fear to take the time to refocus on christ and uh, just set our hearts right and just remember that when all else fails this isn't our final destination it's with christ one day Uh, and our desire should be to uh, just glorify him while we're here and uh, keep our lives built upon him and with all that said this is the one foundation by mr hunter c wood cool cool you are the one foundation You are the hope of nations You are the great provider You are the great Jehovah Help me to build my life The way that you want it to be Help me to believe You're my one foundation My life in darkness My power in weakness My hope in sadness My one desire is to build my one foundation You're my one foundation You are the one foundation You are the God Almighty You are the great high ruler You are my life and forever Help me to build my life The way that you want it to be And help me to
darkness my power in weakness my hope in the the one foundation by mr hunter c wood hunter yes yes you also worked on one of my personal projects yes i did that's one of my favorite things is being able to collaborate with people <laughs> so what was it like when i first approached you to uh the piece we're talking about is uh you remain one of my uh, original worship songs what was the thought process behind me approaching you with that and then looking at the lyrics and i assume I don't want to assume, but I'm going to assume anyway. Uh, do you did you apply the same standard of like sifting through uh, this song as well? Um, yeah, I did look at the lyrics, and um, I just love how it's a kind of a song of surrender. Um, when all else fails, you remain, um, and it's just I I I was super excited to be able to help you out with this project because you used it for your senior project as mm-hmm. well. Um, for those of you who haven't checked out Corey's music. Um, this guy is insanely talented and gifted. Thank you. Um, he he's the only one who can go from working on a worship song to working on a creepy cr- uh, clown <laughs> sounding um, piece. <laughs> I uh, switch projects all good, the time. Good old music composition major, but uh, yeah, it's it's really cool to see how uh, you're using your talents as well to glorify Christ in it. And I was super excited to help you with the project. But yeah, and it was one of our. Um, like it got the most reactions out of the audience. Did it really? Oh yeah. I I I I also remember having to change very quickly backstage uh, <laughs> to get into the clothes because I I had like a suit on and and then you know, everyone else, you know, it was like casual worship attire. I'm like I can't go on with a suit. Everyone else is like down like just like a dress shirt or whatever. So I was like I had to change really quickly, fast change. One of the quickest changes in my entire life. I remember two flaws and technical glitches that I had when we went and performed your song at oh, yeah? your project. One, I forgot to turn the microphone on. That's right. Because we have wireless mics. And I forgot to turn my in-ear pack on, so I couldn't hear Anything? squat <laughs> for about oh, 10 no. seconds <laughs> until I reached back and found the pack. Um, I still do that today. I also still leave church with my pack still on me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, doing, uh, doing that senior recital opened my eyes to so many things and uh one of the things that was definitely lacking in that was planning for sure <laughs> i thought you did a great job planning for the circumstances oh, that you had for the fair enough for the circumstances that i have it was pretty good but Granted, it could have been way you were better. in the middle of the covid pandemic also it also was true we were um, dodging quarantines with people it was yeah. right yeah there, it, there was a lot of last very last minute changes with that but it, it planning could have been a better part for sure <laughs> but with that said this is this is a song called you remain unfortunately this is the one with uh, hundreds of vocals but um it's a song i wrote about two years ago when everything kind of shut down and uh it just realized well you know everything's gonna go away but in the end god remains so with that with that said you can uh this is you remain by me When I am weak, can no longer speak, you are there right beside me. When all hope is lost and I can't bear the cost, you are there paying it for me. And when things turn to dust and there's nothing to trust, you are there. To me, oh, it's clear who you're meant to be. You are 
kingdom falls in you, you say uh your performance of that was a lot cooler because we had like a like a star-studded team up there as well it was it was uh amanda who was just the most amazing vocals ever uh lacy was a part of it um adeline i think was also a part of it yep. as well adeline Cho, she's an amazing violinist and singer adeline was a co-worship leader of mine here at lbc so shout out to adeline you're yeah. awesome She's all she's based in Delaware, Upper Delaware. So if you're around there, go ahead check her out. She does violin. She teaches violin, um, very very well. I might say she taught me a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so Hunter, now we're rounding out our time on the radio. Where can people find you if they want to listen to your music? Um, any updates? So there will be a. I believe you put it in the comment or There's in the. Few, there are a few links in the uh, the video comments as well as his post. Yeah, so um, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, whatever platform you use. Hunter we Seawood? Yep, Hunter Seawood. Um, there were too many Hunter Woods, so um, <laughs> went with Hunter Seawood. Um, but if you search that, if you search the One Foundation, it should pop up. Um, there will be more music being released very, very soon. Uh, we are work- I'm working on a few projects myself right now. Um, and be sure to come out to uh, his church campus. Yeah. And check, it, check it out. Yeah, Victory Church, where I, I serve at the Ephrata campus. Oh. And just simple search, just simple Google search. Simple <laughs> Google search. I right, with that said, we're gonna let the radio get back to the radio. We're we're gonna continue live on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen. That is C O R Y R O S E N. You can follow us on Spotify, search the same thing, the story Corey Rosen. You'll see it pop up with the red brick back the red brick background with the red neon lights. That's a hard thing. You try to say that fast, <laughs> two times fast. Um, and you can find us on all other streaming platforms. Soon we'll be on YouTube where you can find clips of, of previous guests, including Hunter Wood. And we will also be having a guest this upcoming Tuesday at 10 o'clock. I'm forgetting the name, but I think I'm pretty sure it's Corey Paternaster. He uh, owns a studio. And uh, it's going to be really fun. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Otherwise... I will see you guys later.